From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the brand Identity Theorist. And today, we are talking about 2024 Super Bowl marketing. Mm. Oh, yes. And we're really excited to have a very interesting guest to talk about this from an interesting perspective. We have as our guest, Andrew Snade, who's the Executive Vice President of Marketing at FanDuel. Mm. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So, Americus and I were talking about this. We know what FanDuel is, um, and I imagine tons of people do. But I also imagine some people don't, because it's kind of a new idea. So, can you, before we talk a little bit about you and your your most recent marketing and what you're doing for this Super Bowl, tell us about what FanDuel is and your revenue model and, like, its history. Sure. Uh FanDuel is a relatively new brand. We're an innovative sports tech entertainment company that changes the way customers are engaging with sports. We're America's number one sports book online. Uh, We also offer an exciting casino uh, product, and we started as a daily fantasy sports brand. So we're relatively new as legalized sports betting continues to expand throughout America, we're excited to be the number one and excited for ways in which people can actively get involved with the sports. So, so let me back up a bunch of what you said. So fantasy football, that is that that's how you started, right? Is that right? That is how we started. And yes. so what that means is like a bunch of different people play fantasy football and, and they need some way to like, figure out what the statistics are and how things are working and who owes what money. And is that how you got involved, got kind of doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, we started uh, as daily fantasy sports. So rather than having a season-long commitment to your team, which is how a lot of people enjoy uh, fantasy sports, it was an opportunity to play peer-to-peer against others, just perhaps on a Sunday against each other in mm. football. Mm-hmm. So that's how we started. Mm. And then when sports betting was legalized in 2018, we had a natural audience of folks that wanted to participate. And it gave us a great head start that we've turned into leadership in sports betting. Now, when you say it's legalized, it's not legal everywhere, right? It's a state by state kind of thing. Mm. And you're in a certain number of states, I think. Like We are now legalized for sports betting in 21 states. Mm. So there's still... Lots of opportunity as more and more states look to expand and make this experience legalized and controlled and taxed. Mm -hmm. And so how's your revenue? Do you make money on the bets? You make money on advertising? You make money on sponsorship? We primarily make money on uh, the bets. So the opportunity for folks to put a bet together. And on average, people should be doing this as a form of entertainment Mm. because not unlike brick-and-mortar casinos, the house is likely to win. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And the opportunity is there that if you enjoy a $5 wager on tonight's basketball game, uh, it's worth it whether you win or lose. You just have a lot more fun on the edge of your seat cheering for the outcomes that you hope occur. Interesting. 
Let me ask you this, Andrew, because I think you're pointing to something that's kind of an interesting conceptual issue for the brand of sports betting more generally, and that's the idea of you know creating a, a more creating a a less stigmatized view of the entertainment piece. And I, it sounds like that you all at FanDuel were very cognizant of the fact that there may be some potential negative baggage about the gambling. It has this sort of like a bookie and a loan shark and all of this stuff that we see in the movies. And so to create like an opportunity, but still maintain a kind of positive social impact as you bring this entertainment to fans, that was something that was built in initially to the strategy, it sounds like. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. We want to make sure that we're seeing... Uh, genuinely, we want to help people and we want to do this in a trusted way. So for sure, people want to have fun with sports betting, the excitement of enjoying sports more. And we need to do that in a context of us earning the trust of our customers and society that we will do this in the right way. So we actively monitor responsible play. Mm. We're really eager to make sure that we treat our customers' data with extreme care mm. Um, and so there's a lot that comes with building a brand that is uh, in a category that's become newly regulated. So I'm curious about your relationship with, say, the NFL or the baseball league or what. So first of all, if you start with fantasy, and I don't know that much about it, but my son is avid into it. <laughs> and it really changed his watching behavior. Let's look at football, for example. Mm. So he has his oh, own personal teams. Of course, he loves the Eagles. He mm. was brought up. In, he's a Dolphins fan, too. And yes. Dolphins. Yeah, so he yeah. has two teams to start with. Uh-huh. But now that he's in fantasy, mm. he has a bunch of teams. So like in his living room, he has like four TV sets because he has to be watching all (laughs) of these different games Mm -hmm. because he not only has his personal rooting interest, but then he has, you know, the The fantasy fantasy rooting interest. And so my guess is this has been great for football Mm. or for baseball or for any of this stuff. But I'm just wondering, you know, Americus and I were talking about it beforehand. There's some ethical issues on, you know, gambling and the teams and the players and, you know, there's some issues there. So, I, I, want, I, I imagine this is positive from the NFL's point of view, but I'm curious if you can kind of unpack some of the complexities of the relationship. Mm. Yeah, so we're fortunate to be an official partner of the NBA, of the NFL, and other leagues. Um, first to the core question, I also have an 18-year-old son who <laughs> loves his fantasy football league, mm-hmm. and I watch him practicing to understand how he takes stats and makes it work to try to make his team better. That's very different than what we do. So we have a, you must be 21 years old Mm -hmm. and you have to have Mm. banking information and social security information to prove you're Mm. an of age customer to participate in our real money gaming products. Mm -hmm. So they're different. Mm -hmm. Um, The relationship with the leagues, uh, is one where we want to make sure that we're building this the right way. So, for example, we just created uh, an education series with our partners at the NBA Mm. on what more we can do to make sure that people understand how to spot people that need help. Oh, interesting. What to do about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the NFL, you can imagine as they're, you know, whether it's a a season-long fantasy or daily games – it's more ways to be enjoying the sport, even if the outcome becomes uh, obvious that it is a very lopsided right. game. There's still lots of reasons to keep watching. Yep. So mm-hmm. 
it's a relationship where we both want to build this the right way. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because a lot of times when we talked about sports marketing, you would talk if your team was winning, yeah, you know, it was right. easy to put, a, yeah. to market, and yeah. if your team was losing, it yes. was kind of harder to market. Like for example, in the NBA here in Philadelphia, Embiid just got injured. Oh, That's like a really yeah. big issue right. for basketball here in the city. Right. And my son has season tickets to that. And all of a sudden, those tickets are worth less. You know, so, yeah. but this is a way, like you're saying, to, to stay even, engaged. Yeah, to stay yeah. engaged. Yeah. And that's a very interesting, just from a theoretical marketing point of view, a, a way to make the game more interesting without having to just rely on the winning and losing mm-hmm. seasons. That's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more? about that yeah there are times when i remind everyone on our team that the core of what we're selling is entertainment tonight so for example in your philly 76ers example mm-hmm. you know the ability to put a five dollar parlay on tonight's game for are they gonna beat the spread what's maybe they're gonna hit the over <laughs> And Embiid would have gotten more than six rebounds. Now you're actively watching the game, leaning in and caring about it in much more depth. Yes. And you may or may not hit that $5 parlay that maybe would turn into $40. Hmm. But even if you lose, you've enjoyed your $5 entertainment that night. That's interesting. Maybe more than the risk you would have placed on renting a movie on Amazon for Mm. five bucks. Interesting. Really so like what does that do you know so what does that do for competition what what does it do to the players knowing that I, I mean I, I think it's positive I think anything that keeps the engagement up sounds like it's good for the sport and the players and everything especially like in this example where it's pretty sad for the Sixers that indeed <laughs> that's like a really big deal right. and now you're talking about keeping that game interesting yeah. that I think that's interesting does it have an effect on the on the players or I mean, there's a reason why they can't gamble, you know, right, so right, so right. how does all that work? Do you, have you thought about that? Well, it's important for the integrity of the game that there's very clear rules from each of the sports for how they want to make sure that this is managed with their players. And so we're happy to work with them on that and make sure that whatever rules they want, we're, we're delivering. Uh, and I, in general, uh, you know, the opportunity is there for us to bring into the spotlight what previously was in the shadows mm-hmm. and make sure that you know the that this is regulated well that people that need help can get help and that it is taxed uh for the benefit of the state interesting yeah that's a good point because it's not like this didn't go on anyway right you're just like bringing it open and actually Making it positive and creating like a, a positive impact on things. Super interesting. Andrew Snade, EVP of Marketing for FanDuel, uh, joining us here on this uh, special Super Bowl edition of Marketing Matters. Question for you. How do you come up, Andrew, with the things w- that will be parlayed, that will be um, contested in a, in a game? Like how, does this, is there a, how does this happen where it's like where do the opportunities and the menu of possible things that I could put that $5 on, where does that come from? And is that generated from some, you know, some analysis of the most popular kinds of things within a game, within a team? How do you all figure out that, those kinds of analytics? Yeah, that's a great question. So first, we're a regulated sports book, which means that we can only offer what the state uh, allows us to be able to make as a market. Hmm. So things like 
uh, offering a $5 wager on whether Travis Kelsey will propose <laughs> something very interesting, but it's not an honor. Wow, that's a moneymaker, man. <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, but we can offer the things that we know people are interested. So, for example, we know right now that the uh, most uh, likely outcome, well, the, what the betters have decided is most likely to occur is that Travis Kelsey will get a touchdown. That's our most oh, uh, interesting popular prop bet right now. Interesting. Um, and you can bet anything from will it be the first touchdown? Will a running wow. back get over that's the yards? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, some states are different and allow on the field action to include the color of Gatorade and <laughs> oh, wow. heads or tails. Oh, but for the funny. most part, it's yeah. about the play between the whistles. Interesting. I mean, there's an interesting dynamic, right? Because imagine if you're on the other team, you're on the defense, and you and you know, like, hey, we, it's something here. I, I got to stop Travis Kelsey here, which no, they're trying to do I'm anyway. It, cha- you know? it changes it's, behavior. It's that's exactly what I was wondering. Yeah, if exciting. you know if certain things are. Yeah. I mean, and that's the reason why players can't bet because right. it'll change that's their right. behavior, and they're supposed to be motivated by the competition. That's right. Interesting. But. It was stuff that was going on anyway, so now it's going on in a more of a regulated, controlled manner. Right, right, right. For the Super Bowl, we'll have over 600 different markets that we offer. Wow. And for the most part, it's all about whether or not the player who's trying to achieve those things will get them. Gotcha. So it lines up with them wanting to do their job at their best. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an alignment. We'll have the opportunity to bet whether they think they'll occur or think they won't occur. So, Interesting. Uh, the players just can get after doing their job. And that's correct. Some- and as long stuff. as it's constructive like that, like in the Embiid example, I think can also be a motivator. 100%. So, yeah. you know, you even though maybe the Sixers won't win without Embiid, let, that, I don't really say that. I know they can win without Embiid. Yeah. But right. you can also motivate other kind of behavior on the court. Um you know, right. which people might bet on. And it could be positive, even sure. if it's not necessarily for, sure. for the win. So I'm curious, like, from a marketing point of view, this is Marketing Matters here yeah. on Sirius XM 132. One business <laughs> radio powered by the Wharton School. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Super Bowl's got to be, for everybody, it's got to be an important marketing opportunity. But for you, it's got to be a particularly important marketing opportunity. So before you tell us about your, your particular or specific campaigns, how do you view this as an opportunity? And what did you do to get ready? And what are you hoping to achieve from any kind of affiliation with the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think the difference for uh, for FanDuel versus all other brands is a stark one. We are actually a part of the game hmm. as opposed to an advertiser during the game where our product is central for our customers and the experience that they have on Super Bowl Sunday. Hmm. So we wanted to make sure that in whatever way we bring uh, the marketing to life in this moment, we don't advertise on the game the way any other category, a CPG, a car company, and others could participate. We wanted to be an important part of Super Bowl Sunday, Mm -hmm. which is why we created the campaign that we've called the Kick of Destiny. Mm -hmm. And this is the second year of the campaign with our sequel. Yes. Rob Gronkowski, four-time Super Bowl champion, has the opportunity to redeem Yes. <laughs> uh, last year mm-hmm. and an opportunity in a live spot 100%. right before kickoff uh, to 
make the opportunity for everyone that picks correctly. Mm. They can pick if you miss. They can pick if he'll make. And if they pick correctly, they share in $10 million of winnings. Wow. So how did you pick him? I mean, he's pretty, well, he's Tom Brady's friend, right? Isn't that, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can say, you can say that, Mark. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they, they, are, they are compadres, yeah. Yeah, they make history together. Yeah. So obviously anybody a who's a real yeah. football player, yeah. I mean, football fan knows him. Yes. Um, but how, how did you pick him and why did you pick him? And I mean, he's not a kicker, right? So like that. It's <laughs> That's kind of, exactly why we picked him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So but then, when we first introduced this to him, he looked across the table at me and said, but Andrew, <laughs> I catch. I don't yeah, catch. That's, <laughs> that's why it's interesting that's for why everyone. It's interesting, yeah. This is often an overlooked part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's usually a dramatic finishing moment of the game mm. as a kick. Yep. And it's he's now got a big appreciation for the mental toughness that it takes in that moment and then just how hard it is hard. to consistently kick a ball straight and long. Yes. He took it very seriously, <laughs> trained. <laughs> he's trading. Terrible when he started. He get <laughs> one out of every twenty kicks That's correct. Right. Oh we dear! Thought, oh man, this is going to look terrible. <laughs> uh, but we right. got him a trainer. Yep. Can't take the athlete uh, away from the competition. He got he, really he, focused he on it. make sure that he could yeah. put up a respectful attempt, and was so eager to bring it back this year. That's amazing. We saw him practicing with random objects on the Jimmy Fallon show. That was fantastic. <laughs> he did pretty well. <laughs> so he he's into it now. This is like a big deal. There's and it's it's going. The kick is going to happen before the game, Andrew. Or yeah. Okay. So this year we've made it that we actually have two ads. Okay. The first is the live event of him kicking, mm-hmm. and it's going to happen right after the anthem and right before the coin toss. Wow. And then in the, we have to quickly edit together, uh-huh. depending on the result, the version of our spot if he makes versus the version of our spot right. if he makes. That's cool. We have a 42-second edit window to get that done Ooh. and get it up as our ad in the second quarter. Wow. This because is like a pit last stop. year we had just enough yeah. make a hair gray of a live ad. Why don't we also <laughs> Yeah, this is like a pit stop at NASCAR or form I mean it's like it's gotta happen so fast, right, Andrew? It's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to and just like them, it's preparation and practice. So interesting. We have to have the masters ready and we do full game time rehearsals Wednesday and Friday this week to make That's sure incredible. We now Andrew, how many how many people will be watching at that moment when the when the when the Super Bowl starts? Well, the it's we. I'm interested to see whether or not the Taylor Swift effect takes the numbers up beyond mm. what has been there previously. Mm-hmm. We know that our core audience is there, and all of the people that still have an opportunity and haven't yet decided to gotcha. mm-hmm. try out a mm-hmm. sports book are watching. In total, there's probably 110 to 120 million eyeballs on both the kick itself and just before halftime, the opportunity for us to put the celebration on whatever the result was. Wow, that's incredible. The Super Bowl is so amazing, right, Barbara? And just in terms of the number of eyeballs in that moment, like tuned in and like really paying attention. Well, and one of the things that's interesting about this year's Super Bowl is that it's in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, And the fact that that is the gambling capital of the world and there had been some resistance to having it in Las Vegas in the past because it's always been somewhat of an uneasy relationship between gambling and sports for the reasons we were talking about. About. So the fact you were talking about two things that make this different. One is that Las Vegas really does 
make it different. And there's a lot, the sphere and yeah. all these other stuff that's going on in that environment. And the other thing really is Taylor Swift, you know, <laughs> and what the Swifties are going to do. Swifties, yeah. So um, have you, you know, you started to talk about that, but what do you think about that is in terms of what it does to the business and, you know, a, a football or sports mm. or the yeah. idea of Would making it more of an entertainment kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. And, um, what is your personal feeling about that, even if it may not affect your business uh, feeling? Or maybe it does. I don't know. No, we well, we already see that Travis Kelsey is the most popular prop bet person. So I don't <laughs> think it's surprising that that might be more than just wow. his amazing football play. Correct. Um Obviously, it's about expanding the reach. And if you're the NFL, there's not much more you can expand. Mm, so mm -hmm. they kind of have gotten quite lucky with the fact that mm. an incremental audience is going to turn in that may not have otherwise watched. 100%. Everyone that loves football is clearly there. Right. And there's going to be an even bigger audience that comes with it. So mm -hmm. somehow... The NFL goes from number one to even more number one, I think. But, you know, this idea of celebrity isn't totally new. I mean, Tom Brady had kind of a famous wife as well, or, you know, a partner. Um, so, you know, how is it different? Do you think it's different, what's happening with Taylor Swift, than what happened with Tom Brady, who's yeah. pretty big? celebrity you know and but it was it wasn't culturally iconic i maybe i'm mis misreading it but if it feels like it was this is this is a moment that is such more has so much more scale barbara would you say that's correct in your uh, analysis okay. in, andrew that's what i'm seeing too yeah. the, the just the magnitude this yeah. path has been there's been other famous celebrities dating quarterbacks and players in past mm -hmm. This just takes the biggest pop icon in the world, <laughs> multiplies it by the biggest sporting moment in the world. Wow. Yeah, it's like mind-boggling. It, it, it really is what's yeah. going to happen. But if you see all the little videos of all the Swifties, like, yeah. they still don't understand football. <laughs> they, they, they don't get, need to understand. Yeah, they get like Andrew Taylor said, Swift. they're going to be entertained. That's yeah, all that matters. Yeah, they, they don't get exactly That's what's funny. going on. And, of course, here in Philly, you know, we have our own little twist on it with yeah. Jason Kelsey. And Kelsey. that's raised up the... Yeah. Um, the visibility of his own daughters and his wife. Um, and it really has a lot of uh, uh, other effects besides just what happens on the on the field. So you said you talked a little bit about how fan duels started. I'm curious what your personal relationship is to the company and how you got involved in this and what you bring to the party. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been here for three years, and in FanDuel time, that's a really long time. <laughs> um, we were a 3,000-person company wow. now. It was probably only about 600 when I started. Mm. Wow. Um, the My background is CPG. I started at Kraft. Oh. Uh, and then I went into the beer world, and I managed the Budweiser brand globally. Nice. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. During my time there. Yeah. Uh, and sort of the parallels exist. How do you build a brand well, mm -hmm. an entertainment brand well in a regulated world that made a lot of sense for me to be able to enjoy this next step into the world of FanDuel? Well, now that you have Budweiser um, history, let's ask you a bit about that Bud campaign. I'm, I don't know if you've seen what the ads are that they're going to do for the Super Bowl, mm. but they're going back to traditional branding and trying to get away from all the controversy. I mean, just informally do you have any reaction to that and what, all the controversy that went around bud light and i am personally really proud of what they're putting in this year but i have a unique perspective that mm. they're bringing back 
one of the ads that I'm oh. very proud to have been part of building, which is the puppy love spot where the the end of the Budweiser ad includes the the dog back licking uh, the Clydesdale. And that was, a, was nice. an amazing moment in my career 10 years ago. So wow. I'm excited to see. Oh, that's interesting because I looked at the um, ad. I looked at the ad, and that is exactly how it ends again. So they're really trying to bring back. Let's get rid of all this controversy we did in the meantime, and let's go back to what our brand is known for. Your work, Andrew, is evergreen. Congratulations, sir. That's very true. (laughs) Thank you. No, and I do think it's wise to try to, you know, I I celebrate the same mindset thinking about Super Bowl Sunday is different, and it's a day for us to move past selling and to genuinely be a part of the entertainment for the day with America. That's important. And I know my ex-colleagues at Anheuser-Busch think of it similarly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is genuinely an opportunity for them to reconnect and remind people about the tradition that Budweiser plays on Super Bowl Sunday and the role that it can have in people's lives. Got it. Well, that's pretty good. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. So where can our listeners go to follow you and everything that's going on at FanDuel? And if they want to get involved in this betting and all that other stuff, can you give us some detail on how they can do that? Yeah, well, I guess first, the ability to make your pick. If Rob's going to make or miss, it's a (laughs) free pick. You download the app. You don't have to bet anything. You can make a free pick. It's the easiest way to have a first step into the world of sports betting. Mm-hmm. And uh, please enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. We're pleased to be a part of it, and we look forward to the moment. Excellent. Well, that's exciting. Very Thank exciting. you very much for joining us Thanks, today. Um, well, that's all we have time for today. And we'd like to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And we replay our show several times throughout the week. You can follow our show and see our history, our shelf of podcasts if you want. If you go to Knowledge at Wharton um, and in the podcast tab and you'll see our show marketing matters there and you can also follow business radio at sxm business for information about all our programming thank you all for listening today we'll be back next week till then this has been marketing matters i'm barbara khan here with america's read business radio sirius xm 132